You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. I'd like to speak to you this morning on the subject of joy in the sanctuary, joy in the church house, joy in the house of God. Psalm 122, the psalmist David wrote, and he said, I was glad. That's a happy thing, right? That's a joyful thing. He said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Now, I hope you love to come to church. I'll be honest with you. I love to come to church. There are times I don't always feel like it. Sometimes I'm tired. Sometimes I'm worn out. Sometimes, you know, I'm thinking, oh, no. Um, uh, it's going to be a full day, and I'm already worn out. Hadn't even started yet. And some days, I'll be honest with you, some days I don't feel it as much as others. But I love coming to church. And I hope you love coming to church. And by the way, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I did not want to come today. My, my mother or my father they dragged me here, or my spouse, they guilted me into it, or my friend said, you come or else, you know, and you say, I wasn't even really looking forward to it. Well, I hope once you get here, I hope you enjoy it. I hope once you get here, I hope the Spirit of God moves and, and blesses you, and I hope when you leave, I hope you've got some joy saying, I'm glad that I got to come to church. I don't know your testimony, but I know for me, going to church uh, as a boy, going to church was not optional. How many of you were like that? Going to church for you as a child was not optional, okay? So you're going to understand this real good. We didn't say, I don't feel good, because you know what that meant? That meant you're going to church, then when you get home, you're not doing anything fun for the rest of the day, you know what I mean? We went to church, and we had Sunday school. Now, I will say this. We had nurseries, and we had Sunday school for the children. But you know what kind of children's ministries we had at 11 o'clock? None. We sat in big church. And we sat in a church where the preacher didn't preach for 25 or 30 minutes. He thought it was the preaching hour. And he preached every bit of that hour. And there was no junior church on Sunday morning. Then we went back to church Sunday night. And Sunday night, guess what kind of uh, uh, children's ministries we had? Zero. You guessed it again. And the pastor, who was a great preacher, he'd preach about 45 or 50 minutes on Sunday morning. Sunday nights was about an hour. And Sunday nights, it was not a short service. It was not a, a get in and get out. It was a long service. And I sat on the pew from the time, I guess, Mom, I guess it was about four, three or four. We'd sit on the pew, and you'd sit there, and you'd say, what did you do? I listened. Say, why did you listen? Because if I didn't listen, I was taking a trip out to the hallway with my dad, and that was not a fun trip. So Sunday nights, we went to church. Wednesday nights, hallelujah for Wednesday nights, we had a wanna. How many of you had a wanna when you were growing up? You know what I'm talking about. And we would uh, say our memory verses, and we'd have a Bible story. And then we had this circle in the gym where we'd run and do our relay races and do our games. We had a good time. We have master clubs, but, but you know what I'm talking about. But we went to church. Church was not optional. And can I tell you, there were times I didn't feel like going to church, but I am so thankful I had a mother and a father that believed in the importance of church. 
And I want to tell you, going to church, it ought to be a great thing. Going to church ought to be something you look forward to. Even if you don't look forward to it, I think you still ought to go. But going to church should become a habit. Going to church should be a priority. It should be something that we do because it is the right thing to do. Now, you're not going to fit in society with that attitude. Because society today says, you've had a full week. You've had a busy week. It's been rough. And Sunday is your day to sleep in. Sunday's your day to do fun stuff. Sunday's your due to get caught up. Sunday is fun day. But I want to tell you, I'm glad that Sunday is still the Lord's day. And I'm thankful that I get to come to church. The Bible says in Psalm 27, 6, offer in his tabernacle the sacrifices of joy. Psalm 43, 4, then will I go unto the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. 1 Kings 8, verse number 66 as they left the dedication of the temple, the Bible says they were joyful and glad of heart. First Chronicles 22, the Bible tells us that we are to set our heart and our soul to seek the Lord and arise and build the sanctuary and bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord and the holy vessels into the house that is to be built to the name of the Lord. And guess what? They did it not because they had to, not because they were coerced. They did it because... They had the joy of the Lord in their hearts and in their lives. Nehemiah chapter 8, you don't have to turn there for sake of time. But we see that the Bible tells us that they gathered the people together. And they opened the Bible. Now you tell me if this sounds familiar. They gathered the people together. They assembled the people together. They opened the Bible. Somebody stood up on a pulpit of wood and somebody preached the Bible. Is that starting to sound familiar? And then the people responded and they said, amen, amen. And then the Bible says the people fell on their faces and they worshiped God and they praised God and they blessed God. And then the preacher preached some more. And then the preacher, he gave the meaning and he explained what the Bible meant and he showed them how they were supposed to take the Bible and apply the Bible and live the Bible in their lives. And then we get to Nehemiah 8.10 and Nehemiah reminded the people, he said, hey, the joy of the Lord is your strength. I think a lot of Christians miss out on joy because they miss out on church. I think a lot of Christians miss out on joy because they don't place the proper emphasis on the house of God that God intended for them to place. The Bible says in Matthew 16, Jesus said, speaking of himself, he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Friend, this is not a business. This is not a society. This is not a club. This is not a group of, of a bunch of people get together with our ideas and we do what we want to do. This is God's work and this is God's church and it started upon Jesus and it will continue till Jesus comes back. Amen. The church is so important. I believe you ought to go to church for many reasons. I think you ought to go to church because God said so. That ought to be reason enough, by the way. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. I think we ought to go to church to get the preaching. The preaching to the world, to the unsaved, it's foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it's the power of God. I think we ought to be in church for the preaching. I think we ought to be in church for the worship of God. Boy, we have so much man worship. 
I'm telling you, I watched a, a few minutes of a few games yesterday. I can't believe how many crazy fanatics went out to watch college football yesterday. And if you saw any of those games in the Midwest, it was a deluge. It was pouring the rain. It was cold. It was nasty. And they scanned that camera over those fans. Guess what? Every seat was filled. You know why? Because they were excited about their team. I want to tell you, I'm glad we can come to church and we can be excited about God and how good he's been and how wonderful he is and how he blesses us. And I think we ought to worship God. I think we need church because of the Great Commission. Did you know it's our responsibility as Christians to fulfill the Great Commission? People need to get saved. After they get saved, they get baptized. After they get baptized, they join the church. After they join the church, they grow. They tell others. They reach others. And we reach the world with the gospel. The church is so important. Did you know church is important? Because it encourages one another. Now, I don't know, I don't know if you understand this or not. But you've already encouraged me today. You say, Pastor, I haven't even talked to you yet. I know, and I hope I get to talk to you before it's over. But I want to tell you, just seeing you here, you've encouraged me. I'll tell you, there, well, last Sunday was an example. There were a lot of empty pews, and the weather was bad, and it was terrible. It was a nasty day. But I want to tell you, it encourages me when people show up. It encourages the person next to you. It encourages the person behind you or the person in front of you, the person beside you. When you come, we exhort, we encourage one another by being in church. Not only that, but being in church, it's God's plan. It's God's program for uh, his people to be in the house of God. It's important. It gives you an opportunity to serve God. Some of you have already done it this morning. You've already taught a Sunday school class. Some of you have already done it. You've been in a choir. Some are doing it now. They're in a nursery. Some have been ushers. Some have been greeters. Some rode buses. And some are teaching junior church right now. And it gives us an outlet. It gives us an opportunity to serve God and to do something for God. You say, well, pastor, I'm, I'm just, I just come to church. By the way, I'm glad you come. But I want to tell you, you need to find a place where you can serve. You need to find a place where you can get involved. I'll tell you this, going to church is important, not just for us, but it's important for our children. It's important for the next generation to see that, yes, God and his house and his word and his day are a priority. It's important for your grandchildren. You say, but my grandchildren don't go to church. They may not go to church now, but guess what? There's going to come a day where they're going to remember grandma and grandpa. They're going to remember your faithfulness. They're going to remember your prayers. They're going to remember your devotion to the house of God. You say, well, how important is church? There was a man by the name of Zachary Taylor. He became the president of the United States on March the 5th, 1849. But something happened on March the 3rd, 1849, on a Saturday, James Polk, his presidency expired. March 4th, 1849 was a Sunday. And Zachary Taylor said, I will not be sworn in as president on a Sunday because I'm going to church. And we had for one day, for one day, March the 4th, 1849, a U.S. senator by the name of David Atchison, he was from Missouri, he served as president for one day. They asked Zachary Taylor, they said, why won't you just get sworn in on a Sunday and why won't you become the president on Sunday, March the 4th? He said, because going to church is more important than being the president of the United States. Let that sink in for a minute. Can I tell you, that's a pretty bold statement. To say being the president can wait, but going to church can't. I've got to be in church. 
We see in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Brother Dan read it for us, but we see that as Christians, we are a part of the body of Christ. It says in verse 12, as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Notice verse 14, for the body is not one member, but many. Verse 18, but now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. You know who puts you in the body? You know who puts you in the body of Christ? You know who puts you where you are? God. You think God made a mistake? Oh no, he knows what he's doing. He knows that every member is important. I'd like to show you number one, the, the importance of church. Number one, it's important to be faithful. You see, this, the illustration is given here of a human body. And every member of the human body is important. If you don't believe that, let's try this. Or even if you do believe it, just try it just for sake of illustration. We sang three hymns this morning. And you didn't even think about taking that hymn book out. Don't do it yet. You didn't think about taking the hymn book out. You didn't even think about flipping the pages. You just did it. Now I'd like for you to turn to a song. But before you take the hymn book, I only want you to use one hand. Does everybody grab a hymn book? Use only one hand. And I want you to turn to hymn number 272. Just use one hand. It's a little harder, isn't it? You got to think about it. You got to work at it a little more. And you know what's amazing? You say, I haven't even thought about my hands today. I haven't even thought about it, by the way, unless you have an injury. Brother Mike's over here. He's got his arm in a, a sling. You got one good arm, right? And you could probably whoop most of us even just with one arm. But anyway, but you don't even think about using both. It's just, it's just habit. It's just, they, they just do it. Aren't you glad that your, your hands work every day and not just two days a week? Aren't you glad that your legs work every week and not just every other week? Try this. You got your hymn book there. And you say, well, yeah, of course, a hand is important. Why don't you turn to 341 and don't use your thumbs? Now, that's, look, it's just one. You haven't even thought about your thumb today unless it's hurt. You haven't even thought about it. Some of you that play video games, you've thought about your thumbs, you know, because they're a little sore. Some of you are sore from text messaging so much, right? But you know what's amazing? Every member is important. Your ear is important. You say, oh, but you know, aren't there some parts of the body that, that aren't really that essential? Like, you know, like the gallbladder and stuff. Well, I'll tell you what, that thing starts hurting you. All of a sudden you realize it's important. You got to have surgery to take that thing out and all of a sudden it matters. But your feet are important. Your hands are important. Your eyes, your ears, every member of the body is important. But here's what Paul's saying. We as God's people, we are a part of the body of Christ. And it's important that every member is faithful and every member is vital every member has a job to do the bible says it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful proverbs 20 verse 6 most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness but a faithful man who can find there's joy in being faithful i'll say this you're, you're, you're here this morning you say well pastor i don't know why you're talking to us about being in church because we're here but attendance is only one part of being a member. Now, by the way, if you're a member, it's good to show up. 
That was good for about three of us agreed with that. That's a good place to start, right? You know, if you're a member, you show up. But, but being a church member is so much more than just sitting on a pew. There is involvement. There is something for you to do. Did you know every member ought to pray for your church? Every member, you ought to pray for your pastor. You ought to pray for your Sunday school teacher. You ought to pray for our assistant pastors. You ought to pray for the choir and pray for the buses and pray for the missionaries and pray for the sick and pray for our shut-ins. It is an, 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 an involvement. It is a necessary job for every member to be involved, to pray. How about this, to serve? So, well, pastor, pastor, I'm not gifted in certain areas. Like, for instance... Some of you, and by the way, let's find out, and I understand that I'm not being critical of you, but how many of you say, Pastor, my gift is not singing in the choir. That's not my gift. All right, let me see your hands, okay? So a few of you, that you just know that's not your gift, okay? And that's fine. But the rest of you that didn't raise your hand, we'll see a choir practice tonight at 445. <laughs> I'm just teasing. But you understand, you may not be able to sing in the choir, but maybe God could use you in the nursery. Maybe you can't serve in the nursery, but maybe God could use you on a bus route. You may not be able to be on a bus route, but maybe you could visit a shut-in. You may not be able to visit a shut-in, but maybe you could go out and you could pass out invitations and tell people the good news of the gospel. You may not be able to do those things, but maybe you could work in the sound booth. You may not be able to work in the sound booth, but maybe you could stand out front and you could welcome people with a handshake and with a smile and with a bulletin like Brother Alton Powell and Brother Steve Brantley do every single service and, and, and welcome people and make people feel comfortable. Can I tell you, there's something you can do. I preached this message at 845 and we had a dear lady and her husband who'd been coming. They're sweet folks. And she said, Pastor said, I, I just want to do something. I just want to serve. Can I tell you what? That fired me up. Because we've got a lot of folks in our church that are wonderful people. And God bless you. I'm thankful you're here. And I hope you pray. And I hope you give. And I hope you contribute. But there's more to a local church than just sitting on a pew. God's got a job for you. Can you imagine the members of the body? Can you imagine if my hand just decided I'm going to take a week off? <laughs> Can you imagine if my legs just said, yeah, I think I'll take the week off. And some of you say, I know. That's what mine have been doing. And it doesn't work very well. Every member must be faithful. Number two, being a part of a body, being part of the church, it keeps you focused. You see, the focus for the church is not on people. Now, hang on. Business would tell you, you've got to find out what the people want. You've got to survey the people. And you got to find out what makes them happy, what makes them satisfied, what makes them want to come, what makes them want to come back. But friend, I want to tell you, I told you at the beginning, I'll remind you, the church is not a business. Now, I hope people want to come back and people ought to feel be like they're treated kindly and with respect and people ought to feel like they're a part and they ought to feel loved 100% of the time. But that's not why we have a church. We have a church. This is the body of Christ, and it is for the good and for the glory of God. This is his church. This is his work. And in all things, he might have the preeminence. But our focus is not on the member. The focus 
is on the body. The focus is on Jesus Christ. This is the body of Christ. You see, for my, my, my hand to say, I don't like the stomach. I am not going to put any more food in that mouth to go to the stomach. I know what I'll do. I'll teach that stomach a thing or two. I'll stop feeding it. Well, guess what's affected? The hand. Guess what's affected? The whole body. Uh, if I, if I, my eyes decide to go on strike, guess what? It doesn't just affect the eye. It affects everything. And a member must stay focused, not on self. A member must stay focused, not on what we need, but a member must stay focused upon what brings honor and glory to God. If you're focused on yourself, I promise you, you won't be happy in this church. I promise you. And you say, well, I know what I'll do. If this church doesn't do everything the way I want it to, I'll leave and I'll go find another church. Yeah, good luck with that. Guess what you'll find at the next church? You won't be there long either. Reminds me of the man that was found. He had been shipwrecked and marooned on a desert island. And they found him after five years. They finally found him and there were three huts. And they found him and they said, sir, is there anyone else here? He said, oh no, it's just me. They said, well, why, why in the world do you have three huts? He said, well, one is my house. And he said, and one is my church. They said, well, what's the third hut? He said, that's the church I used to go to. <laughs> you know what he found out? He found out the church isn't going to make you happy if it's all about you. But if it's all about him, can I tell you, you'll be fine and your focus will be right and your, your, your relationship with the Lord and your pleasing the Lord is what really matters. You say, well, I think a church is just like a, a restaurant. If I don't get what I want or if I don't get it hot like I want it or if I don't get it to taste like I want it, then I'm going to leave a bad review. I'm going to complain. I'll never go back. But again, friend, the church is not a restaurant. And the church is not a business. The church is a, a ministry that was started by Jesus Christ himself to bring honor and glory to him and to bring people to Christ and to see souls saved and to see eternity impacted. Sometimes people will say, well, pastor, I'm having trouble. And by the way, and people do have trouble. And I'm glad that the church can help people in need. And by the way, I hope we never lose our burden to help others. But sometimes people will say, well, what's the church going to do to help me? What's the church going to do about this? And I think so many times when people make statements like that, I think they forget what the church is. The church is the members. The church is the people. I can't ask this at the time, but I would like to. Sometimes I'd like to say, okay, well, let's see what we can do to help you. But when was the last time you did something to help somebody else? You're a part of the church, right? When was the last time you cooked a meal for somebody? When was the last time you went to visit somebody that was sick? When was the last time you went to check on somebody? Because the church is the members. Our focus must be on Christ. Number three, and I'm done. Not only must we be faithful and stay focused, but number three, it is in the body of Christ that you will be fulfilled. It is in the body of Christ that you will find your purpose in life. God did not save you for you to be the Lone Ranger. God did not save you for you to be a hermit. God did not save you for you to do your own thing. God saved you for you to be a part of the body of Christ 
to strengthen the membership to bring honor and glory to Jesus Christ. Notice with me, if you would, in verse number 21. It says, And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are, what's the next word? Necessary. Did you know every member is important? Every member is necessary. You say, well, pastor, I didn't sing the solo and I didn't, I didn't teach the class and I didn't do that. But did you know every member is necessary? And God has put you in the spot you are to fulfill the purpose and to fulfill the role and to meet the needs that only you could meet. There are things you can do that I could never do. There are people you could help that I could never help and maybe vice versa. But God has given us the need to fill a role. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.